We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime. I got it right this time, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing today? Uh, doing all right. Just watched my uh, New York Giants lose in the uh, painful way, but it's okay. So, New York Giants or San Francisco Giants? What do you? What do you New who's York, better? New York football Giants. That's a shame. I'm sorry. It was. It was a tough one. Lose. Yeah, that's brutal. Why Why the New York Giants, Nate? My dad grew up in New York, so he actually, Giants fan, also Brooklyn Dodger fan, then came over, moved over to California, and became an Angel fan, so. Yeah. But kept, kept the New York Giants. That'll work, that'll work. So, guys, just FYI, a little new setup for me here. Uh, just moved into an apartment, and AC's running, it's a little bit loud. I don't know if you guys can hear any background noise, but just wanted to make that very very clear for you guys so if you guys hate it let me know and i'll um i'll readjust it so as always just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and making it again the best angels podcast out there i know we're gonna get things rolling again here and talk a lot of angels baseball and we're gonna have a lot of off-season news and and such like that and it's really not even the off-season yet we still have a couple more games left of minor league baseball and then what about three weeks left of major league baseball so I don't know. We'll we'll kind of see how it goes down the stretch and just continue to talk baseball. So, guys, if you could go on to wherever you listen to it, leave us a five-star review, leave us a written review, tell us how you like it and all that fun stuff. You can follow us on all our social medias. That's on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're going to get all those things going again. I know I've said this a million times, but so much more time to you know for activities now for myself and Nate and Derek and John and Brock that we'll be able to jump on here a lot more often and talk Angels baseball with you guys. So, guys, as always, give us one second to pay the bills just because I didn't do it last time.
What's going on everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to talking halos. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk some Angels baseball. They won. They won big today, 9-3. to three. We have a little bit of an incident, I'd say, that has happened. I, I kind of want to go over some news that I guess we've missed along the way. Joe Adele's out. Luis Renifo has been issued some type of arrest warrant in Venezuela, which is, I don't even know if it's really necessary to talk about it, but Nate, I know you had some, I don't know if it's opinionated, but Nate, go ahead and take this away. I, I know you probably want to talk about it a little bit. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but hey, at the end of the day, it's an arrest warrant, even if it is in a, a different country i i you know it's one of those things i don't know how big of a deal it is jared but i mean it's just another angel guy in the news for for the wrong reasons um it, it makes you kind of go back to our conversation last time where it was like man we could have traded Luis Rangifo, and maybe this is the dodgers problem right now and yeah the reports are, are kind of interesting it looks like he forged some documents and, and things like that i'm not one to speculate this is just what i'm reading um, so yeah, interesting to, to say the least, but kind of, kind of fun to see that he's still playing. I mean, uh, until the U S decides to extradite him, I guess he's going to play and probably finish out the season would be my guess. Yeah. I don't deal with the politics side of things. I really, you know, I think we're both that way. We really don't care about the political side of things or anything that has to do with this unless I don't want to to be taken in the wrong way we we just aren't political people we don't care a lot of people you know that we have on the show are not very political and then i think we all kind of enjoy that side of things we just like baseball and like talking about baseball so yeah I, honestly for me i'm it is it is what it is it seems like what he was accused of or what he's being i don't even know is in, indicted of i don't even know if that's the right word see i don't even know this type of thing but whatever is going on with luis renifo seems to not be that big of a deal, especially if he's still playing baseball. So it's going to be something that'll probably get handled over the offseason, and we'll just kind of roll from there. So like I said, again, Joe Adele goes on the IL. We see Alex Cobb came back today. He pitched fairly well. He got the win today, which was nice. Angels took a took a big game, I guess, per se. I mean, anytime they win a game, I think it's a big game at the moment, especially since if you want to air quote it, Nate, or, or whatever, the, the magic number is, is running low for the Angels, but they're still in the playoff chase. 
I think they have to win a lot of games, and I'm not going to do the math on that, but, you know, it is what it is. A win's a win, 9-3 win. There is something that I would like to bring up, um, and it goes along with saying, you know, Shohei Otani, a little bit of arm fatigue, per se, I think is what, what Joe Madden said to start the day off today, and... You know, he just came off of some catch play and said he was a little bit sore. So they're not sure if he's going to get shut down the rest of the season or not. But for me, it gets kind of tough to listen to all of this injury news. One, because it's a constant and it really sucks. I hate I hate listening to all this news and about the Angels' injury woes and, and just throughout the season. I mean, think about all the money that they have on the aisle. I think... Somebody pointed out at one point, and I think it was somebody on Instagram, and I'll, I don't even remember who it was, Halo Talk maybe, they said that the Angels have the lowest payroll in baseball, act, the lowest active payroll in baseball right now. Like, I think David Fletcher is getting paid the most on, well, technically, by the Angels, I think David Fletcher is getting paid the most. Oh, right, I said Iglesias is, but that's still amazing, the, the fact that all these injuries have happened, and... They're still, I look down, 72 and 74. Like, most teams that had this many injuries wouldn't even be close. And I feel like, again, we have this conversation year in and year out. The past four or five years, it's been kind of like this. But, I mean, it's got to give you a little bit of hope. I mean, kind of going back to what we talked about last time, right? I guess a little bit. But, uh, I mean, we've seen the New York Yankees do this and the Dodgers do this. We, we've seen some of the big clubs do it and still make the playoffs. So, Yes, I mean, they're just built differently, though. Like, we know that, you know. I, I, differently? I don't know, I don't know Dodgers, what the answer is. I agree the Dodgers are built differently. You know, it just seems like whoever they call up turns into, you know, the greatest player to ever play that position for the time being. But I don't know if the Yankees are built that way. Like, the Yankees are very thin depth-wise, I, I would say. They, they do have some guys who step up, but it, it feels like, I mean, Aaron Judge is always hurt. feels like Gio Urshela. I don't know when the last time that guy plays. It, it literally feels like that guy's on the aisle every single day. And they are still winning games. They're still moving pieces around. And I don't know. I, I know that they do spend money, but the Angels spend money too, so... I think the biggest difference is they have a horse, and they ride him. Well, I think they have a couple horses, and I think that they are much deeper than a lot of teams in. But like, they are they're they're Dodger deep, to be honest. And and we talked about the Dodgers just pulling players out of nowhere. I think the Yankees are very similar. I mean, yes, Stanton, Judge. Um, yeah, Urshela is actually a really good example of pulling guys out of nowhere. Like, was Urshela a top prospect? Not really. He just kind of came out of nowhere and started producing when I think it was Miguel Andujar got hurt. And speaking of that, where where has Andujar been? You know, it, it's been one of those things. So I'm I don't I don't know. I mean, you got to kind of give a little bit of hope to the Angels with all these injuries. But again, it just feels like this is a constant year in and year out thing that we go through. So I don't know if you have any final thoughts on that before we get on to kind of, I guess, what we really want to talk about. No, I, I think we just move on since there, there are always going to be injuries. I mean, nobody's going to get through 162 games healthy, but it just feels like the Angels always have key injuries, and 
they're just not prepared for it. It feels like this year. Yeah, no, I I do agree with you there, and it's it's tough. It feels like you go into every season being prepared, and it just doesn't quite work out. But again, I feel like they're a step closer. It feels a little bit different than it does in any other year, and yeah, I, I think it's I think it just kind of shows. And I've said this a lot, a lot, a lot. It kind of shows how difficult baseball is. You know, like you can have the best player in baseball for the last 10, 11, 12 years if you want to can I mean Mike Trout and now Shohei Otani this year and not make it to the playoffs ever you know like it's it's just it's kind of laughable you kind of hear it in my voice and I it's tough I think I, I think it's tough but Nate I think our you know our mentality right now is kind of tough to listen to and I don't know you know I, I think we got to kind of get over this a little bit I, I I feel kind of not really depressed but I do feel I don't know like, it's just, it's kind of tough to listen to. So let's get on to what I kind of really want to talk about. And I have a feeling we're going to feel the same, the same way on this. So I believe a couple of games ago against the White Sox, the Angels hit three of the White Sox players. I haven't really watched too much of the games. I'm watching a lot of minor league games. So I'm not 100% sure on what happened, if it was intentional. I would assume it's not looking at the pitchers that were pitching, but hey, you never know. Fast forward to today, we get to the ninth inning of a 9-3 game, and Shohei Otani comes to the plate. I believe it was in the ninth inning. It was late in the game. And yeah, it was the ninth. It was the ninth, right? And we get a right, right-handed pitcher up, and the first ball goes basically behind him, but more at the feet, which is acceptable according to baseball standards. Second pitch is in the dirt. It, I feel like he was still trying to throw at him. You know, that, that kind of had that crossfire throw, that feel on it. And then third pitch gets him. Granted, lower body, which is in old school baseball terms or in baseball terms acceptable. They didn't go for the head. They didn't go for the upper body. They went for the back, but whatever you want to say. But I, I kind of have an opinionated point on this. And that's that Tony La Russa is out of hand. Would we not agree with this? I mean, it, it's kind of funny if they're going to get upset over, over a couple of guys getting hit. Um, you know, you saw four rookies pitching in that game. You didn't see four veterans. So you already knew that their control was not going to be pinpoint. And if that's what they're really upset about, I mean, I know Luis Robert hit a home run in that game and then was hit later in the game, but that's not all purpose. You know, the Angels the Angels aren't trying to do anything like that. They're, they've never been that team, um, whether they've been managed by, you know, Joe Madden, Mike Sosha, whoever it is, that's not really their mentality. Like, even when there was the dirty play a couple years ago um, with the Astros incident, that, that wasn't even something that they, they talked about. They ended up hitting him eventually, but it you know, other teams would have done it that day. And so I, I don't really see how this is an issue for the White Sox because the Eagles aren't really known as a rea- a team that retaliates, especially over something dumb like a home run in the first inning when they're, you know, at that point I think there were two games under five hundred and about 14 games out of first place and 10 games out of the wild card. So it's like, it's not like they're even playing for anything for them to get pissed off about. Yeah, and I I do agree with you there. I think it's it's tough to get 
be mad at the angels about anything. It's it's the lovable, the lovable losers. I don't. I can't really say that. That's not fair to say, because I, I don't know. But back onto it. I'm, I'm upset at the fact that Tony Larusa just blatantly gets away with things now. You know, we've had numerous issues with Tony Larusa this season, and that starts with the DUI, and I'm probably digging myself a little bit of a hole here, but DUI, I believe, to start the season off. Then the Yerman, what was his name? Garcia? Mercedes. Mercedes. Yerman Mercedes incident, and that has completely just derailed a career. And that's fantastic that the that the White Sox are able to pull something like that off, where they lose the first month's MVP candidate, the first two months MVP candidate, and all of a sudden they're still a playoff team. That's that's fantastic. We saw the I guess it was kind of the jokingly you know the Tony Larusa running out of the dugout type of thing after one of his players got hit, and now we kind of see this today, and I I just feel like. For me, there is no real place for Tony Larusa in baseball anymore. There really isn't, because I mean, there's, and, and I'm very open-minded about things. And I, I had some negative feedback when I posted this on Twitter, and, and not, not a whole lot, but but enough. And you know, it, it's just it's tough for me because I'm we're very open-minded about these things, Nate, and I, we talk about this a lot. And I just think that everything that has happened this season with Larusa. I think it's just it's too old school for me, you know. Like, you can't uh, you can't assume all of your players are going to be playing that old school style of baseball, you know. I I love the Puerto Rican, I love the Venezuelan, I love the Dominican type of baseball. We see the Japanese leagues and the Korean leagues doing all the bat flips and and everything. I like the I, and, but there are also old school things that I like too. I like the hard slides at second base. I like the plays at the plate, you know, I like managers running out and getting ejected, but I think that there is a time and place for all of those things, and I feel like the time and place has, in a sense, expired for for Tony La Russa, and it's kind of started to be, in a sense, an embarrassment for baseball. I, and I, I feel like, again, I am very opinionated about this subject, and I, I think it's, Tony La Russa, in a sense, has rubbed me the wrong way, but that's just my two cents on it. I don't know if you got a two cents on it. Yeah, I'll play devil's advocate just because it's no fun if we agree on everything. But um, you know, first of all, with the with the DUI incident that happened before he was before he was hired, the White Sox knew of the incident beforehand. They still went and hired him, um, and I think it has a lot to do with his 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 managerial history. You know, he's been in World Series, he's won big games, and that's something the White Sox have not had in the dugout in a long time. So um, I kind of don't really count that because the White Sox knew what they were getting into beforehand. It's not like they hired him and then, you know, a month into the hire, he gets a DUI. It was, he had the DUI, the White Sox knew about it, and they still said, you're our guy. So I'll give him a pass on that one, not saying that what he did was was right by any means, but just saying I'm going to give him a pass because the White Sox said it was okay before they hired him. Second thing, the Yermin Mercedes thing, very, very difficult thing to talk about. Um, I, I think the, the unwritten rules go out the window when 
the other team is using a position player. I really do. I think if you're going to treat the game that way and still want still want sympathy for for the way the way things are going, I just don't think you, you get the benefit of the doubt. Like you have kind of made the game a mockery by going to some guy throwing 58 miles an hour. You don't you don't get unwritten rules at that point. If if you want to hit a bomb on a three zero pitch, you hit a bomb on a three zero pitch. And, and to be honest, like even last year when Tatis hit it, like that that wasn't even something that we were taught when we were younger. And we were taught a lot of old school stuff. I, I think the way that we played when we were younger was a lot of old school mentality. So for for that to be brought up, I, I thought was kind of uh, weird because you know if if you don't want to give up a home run. Don't, on a 3-0 pitch, don't fall behind 3-0. So uh, I, I do agree that that was kind of an issue, but whatever. And then today, you know, you have – he did throw first pitch strike against Otani. Yes, the, first, the second pitch was close to hitting him. The third pitch was a splitter or a changeup, uh, something off speed. So I don't think he was trying to hit him with an off speed pitch because – Again, that's another old-school rule. If you're going to hit a guy, you hit him with your best pitch, and your best pitch is always your fastball. Um, and then, yeah, the, the fourth pitch did hit him. Uh, Mike Wright Jr. was the pitcher, I believe, and he has bounced around from organization to organization. I know you've liked him in the past. We had this conversation the other day. Um, he's had a pretty good year, but I don't think that's the guy they're calling on. You know, if they want to hit a guy on purpose, I think he's got a staple of guys in the bullpen that throw 97, you know, to quote Kevin Cash. Um, I don't think this is the guy they're going to go to, especially down 9-3. They had Liam Hendricks in the game the inning before. They could have let him out there for the, the ninth inning to hit him, who throws a little bit harder. Um, well, do you really want – question, do you really want – Liam Hendricks to get suspended down the road down this late in the season if per se you know the MLB comes out and says okay we know you were throwing at him so you're now just suspended for four games you know like I know that doesn't make a huge difference in the White Sox or or well, basically I think I think that's a big thing too is because the White Sox the White Sox have the central wrapped up honestly like they're there are 11 games up with about 14 to 16 to play, depending on the team. So, four-game suspension. If if there was a, if they were trying to hit Otani on purpose, I think they're going to go to one of their lefties that throw absolute gas. Um, they had Crochet. They had Kopech. I know Kopech's a righty, but they still had Crochet who throws smoke. Um, and I think if you're going to hit a guy on purpose – you're going to do it with a guy that throws gas. You're not going to do it with a guy who's 91-ish. I think his fastest fastball that I saw was like 92. So he's like 88 to 92-ish, and that's that's not the guy you're trying to hit somebody on purpose with. But I do understand it's Shohei Otani. He's had a million injuries this year, some of them just little tiny ones. But I get it. It's, it's always scary when, when that guy's getting hit. Uh, whether it's on purpose or not. Uh, but I am going to give Tony LaRusso the benefit of the doubt here and say, looking at the circumstances, what do the White Sox have to gain by this? You know, they're, they've they already clinched a playoff spot. It's not like they're 
playing poorly and they, they need a spark. They're, they really just need to stay healthy and, and get into the playoffs with their pitching rotation lined up and ready to go. Uh, so I, I don't see the point in this. If, if they were going to hit them on purpose, if, if they did, like this is very, very petty. But uh, the only real issue I've had with Tony La Russa this year is the Yermin Mercedes thing. But I think Mercedes has to also kind of understand that he, La Russa is trying to protect him a little bit too. And I, I know I said that if you're throwing a position player, I, I think the unwritten rules are gone. But who's to say the next day Mercedes doesn't go up there uh, and Tony La Russa doesn't say anything and kind of is like, hey, great job, good piece, good grand slam, there, or uh, good home run there. It wasn't a grand slam at this point. But, yeah, good home run there. And the next day B, you know, was it the Twins I think it was? Uh, one of their guys comes out throwing 94-95 and hits him upper back, maybe even in the neck area, and, and Mercedes is kind of like, what the heck? That that could be worse for Mercedes' career than what La Russa did. I think La Russa was just trying to protect him. Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate because, you know, we have to think differently, but it's just something to think about. I I kind of like the, the job that Tony La Russa has done this year. He has brought an edge back to that White Sox team, and I think you saw it last year. They were, they were good, but I think they're a very, very scary team in the AL Center. Just the AL, period. They have a shot to go win a World Series, especially with a guy who's been so mature and won so many big games, who's kind of been there, done that, with a team who really hasn't been there, done that. So I, I don't really have a problem with the way he's managed this year. Can I give you a hot take here, Nate? Yeah, go ahead. I don't think I think managers can only hurt a team. I don't think managers can help a team. Uh, you get you get you get what I'm saying though. Like we've had this I, conversation I, before, I, off the record. I get what you're saying, but but I think that they can help a team because if they couldn't help a team, then why are we firing guys that are doing their job? Aaron Boone was on the hot seat going into August. And he was not hurting his team. His team was injured the entire year. That's not his fault. They go and get uh, Anthony Rizzo. They go and get Joey Gallo, and they they're winning baseball games. Uh, AJ Hinch, he takes over the job in in Detroit, and Detroit is seventy and seventy-seven. If I would have told you Detroit is seven games under five hundred with fourteen games to go or so, uh, fifteen games to go, I guess. Uh, would you have believed me? Yes, I would have. I like Detroit coming into the season. That's a that's a team that's rebuilding. That's you didn't know what the pitching was going to be. You didn't know what the offense was going to be. I I think that there are some managers that can help, and I think Tony Russo will help this team in the playoffs. We've had this playoff discussion before as well. Uh, I think managers. Can I rephrase my hot take? I, I think managers can only hurt during the regular season. I don't think they can help during the regular season. Now, when we get to the playoffs, that's a different beast, and, and we know that. We know that teams are built differently. This is, this is a reason why Tampa Bay has never won, hasn't won the World Series in the past couple years. They've had the best team in baseball, and, and the same can, in a sense, go for the Dodgers. I think we've kind of had this conversation about the Dodgers, too. And it is what it is. If you want to call their World Series, World Series win last year, that's fine, but 
you know, it, it took them how many years, and they had to do how much analytical stuff, and and I, I think at the end of the day, it's in the playoffs is a different beast, and it's the smartest, the smartest wins in in the playoffs. So I don't disagree with you. I think that you know Tony Larusa in the playoffs is a fantastic is a fantastic thing because of the experience and such. But I don't, you know, I, I'm going to stick with it. I, I think that managers can only hurt you in the regular season. Yeah. Joe I, Madden won a World Series with the Cubs. And Joe Madden and Joe Madden in the playoffs have made how many good – I guess maybe – I mean, if I can kind of go on the other side, the playoffs are so so much more magnified than than the regular season. I, I You know, we don't really – the, a manager makes one wrong pitching change in in the World Series, and the whole world hears about it. Um, Joe Madden makes a wrong decision in the sixth inning uh, against the Royals this year, and we forget about it. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I, I get forget it. but uh, it's just not as talked about. But I, I get what you're saying. But that doesn't change the fact that they, that he's still helping or or hurting a team. Um, and that's why you want manager war, right? You want a manager war for for how long? I I yes, I need manager war. I need stats for managers. I don't know, I don't know how you quantify any manager stats, if any, like, but because we don't know who's making the decisions either, you know. Not anymore. Not anymore. We 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 really don't. You know, is it computer based? Is it off of? You know, is Madden really saying, "Hey, move over"? Like, us as coaches in high school and college, we're making the decisions, like, and not even really off numbers per se. A little bit off, off numbers, but off of you know where scouting reports more rather than all the numbered scouting reports. You know, all the percentages and where guys are hitting the ball on a percentage. So I, I, I understand it. I, I get what, I get it. But we also don't know what managers are really doing anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's an interesting conversation to be had. So, Nate, let's give any final thoughts here. You got anything for me? Uh, nothing. Nothing really. The only thing that I would would say is Otani having the the fatigue or the soreness or whatever. I think that's a little overwork. Um, I know he's had a really, really good year, but as you see, as we've gotten through August and into September, his numbers have gotten a little bit worse. I don't know if it's the home run derby. You could say it's the curse of the home run derby, but um, whatever. But I, I think he could have used a couple more off days just here and there to keep him healthy because the only off days this guy has is when we play in a National League park. Other than that, he is playing every single day, and I know it's only DH, but it's still taxing on the body when he's got to go out and throw a bullpen before the game, and then he goes and plays in the game, and then he wakes up the next morning and he's got to pitch in a game, and he's hitting in that game. Like, There's just a lot going on for him, and I just wish that they would have kind of given him some time because you saw the last part of the year, that guy looked exhausted. And it doesn't help that he has nobody around him to hit, so he's not getting any good pitches. But, um, yeah, I, I just feel like give him a couple extra off days, like, it, it wouldn't have hurt us. I agree. I think that 
this year Shohei Otani is like, and this is going to be a very weird comparison, but is like Joe Madden and his wife having a baby right now. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, like, this is an experiment. Nobody has gone through this before. Like, we don't know what Shohei Otani is going to do. And and that's kind of like, you know, having a child for the first time. It really is. This is this is year one, you know, for Shohei Otani doing this. So I think it's a lot of experimenting. And I think next season we, we probably do see that a little bit more. So it's it's interesting it is and i'm i'm intrigued to see how they they take it going into next season spring training do we see more off days at the beginning of the season for shohei do we see him not play as much i mean i i don't know do we see him not pitch as much because shohei otani is the best player in baseball the best player that we've seen Ever like it's it's insane what he is doing this year. It really is like you're not supposed to be able to do what Shohei Otani is doing, and and I, I don't think that I think I think that the Angels playing so bad this season is kind of like the Mike Trout effect. I think that we just don't understand how good Shohei Otani has been this year and how special he is, and I don't think we're really paying attention to it anymore. I think we just got so used to it, you know, that it's just it's there. It's Shohei Otani, you know, but. He's pitching and hitting, and, and the body is not built to do that. So I understand why there are so many injuries along the way. So I got a question for you. Does he still win the MVP? Yeah, I think Salvador Perez coming on late and making sure that Vlad Guerrero Jr. does not win the Triple Crown does does give him the MVP still. If, if Vlad were to pull out the Triple Crown, it would be very hard to to give it to Otani, knowing that Vlad's probably on a playoff team. Vlad has made a huge difference on that playoff team, and he hit for the, and he's a triple crown winner. Like it, it would be really hard not to give it to him. But I think because Salvador Perez has had a huge the last two weeks, caught him in home runs, overtaking him in RBIs. I, I think that's going to give too many people to vote for, where people are just going to be like, yeah, you know what, Otani pitched and hit and still did everything really, really well. So he'll be the, the guy who gets picked. But I think if he had won the Triple Crown, which, I mean, he still could. There's 14 games left, but doesn't look likely. It could be a Vlad Guerrero Jr. year. We can talk about this on our next podcast, too, because it's kind of interesting, you know. Triple Crown versus what Shohei Otani's doing. I mean, we saw Mike Trout's rookie year and be one of the or the best rookie year of all time, one of the best seasons of all time and not win the MVP that year when he hands down should have because Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. But regardless of that, it's a very interesting conversation. I think we should talk about this on our next podcast, if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next podcast. We should have it out tomorrow. We're going to talk more Shohei Otani. I think it's, it's, a, it's a very fun conversation to have, and especially with the Angels – being the Angels, and it's kind of tough, you know, to, to talk night in and night out about the Angels, you know, it, it is what it is, we can kind of talk probably some more prospects as well tomorrow, and, you know, see kind of how that goes, but guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, you can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims, you can follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Green 34 go complain to him, he loves listening to people complain, you can tweet at us, you can message us on Facebook, shoot us on Instagram, 
slide into our DMs, you know, ask us questions. We're more than happy to bring it on board with this podcast. Any uh, topic ideas would be fantastic. So, guys, as always, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.